0: Welcome back to the Hour View podcast. On today's episode, I welcome my guest, Jimmy Clare. Join our conversation as we discuss his life living with autism and spinal stenosis, the need for more adaptive and accessible health and wellness programs, and the importance of having those who live with disabilities at the table when creating new products. Would like to welcome you, Jimmy Clare, to the Our View podcast. And thank you so much uh, for joining me today for this episode. Um, you know, really looking forward to our conversation that we uh, will have today. And if you could start off, uh, could you introduce yourself to the uh, podcast listeners?
1: Uh, my name is Jimmy Clare. Uh, I'm an autism advocate, motivational speaker. And uh, founder of crazyfitnessguide.com.
0: Could you explain a uh, little bit more about what autism is and how it has impacted your uh, impacted your life? How what effects it has had on uh, your life?
1: Sure. Uh, so I'm slightly autistic, meaning I like to I like to think of as myself as a bridge between uh, people on the autism spectrum and off the autism spectrum, and I'm the gap that connects both of them uh <laughs> no, like I guess I meant bridge but gap bridge whatever <laughs> I'm yeah. just rolling with it <laughs> and uh and so I just well, so I think that the best way for me to explain what autism is was to quote uh uh Temple Grandin because she says it better than me uh she she said uh, what autism is is like a uh, uh, an image search, search in google search and uh and like we see in pictures we see in uh, we learn from pictures we learn by doing hands-on where and so basically like autism or if you want to think, or here's another example of what autism is. I like to think of it as like a never-ending jigsaw puzzle piece that put, and you try one thing, that that puzzle piece doesn't fit. Try another thing, still doesn't fit. The only time when it fits, once the puzzle's done, is is at the end of life.
0: Oh wow, yeah, that's yeah, how I hurt. like to think of it. Yeah, like, like you said, a never ending uh, jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, that's a, you know, wow, that's a a good visualization because you think of, um, you know, thinking of a jigsaw puzzle and, uh, you know, there's that one piece that's missing. Uh, a lot of times, and you try to, you know, fit it in, and you, uh, you know, you just can't find the the that missing piece. Oh, wow. And
1: in, in my case, my jigsaw puzzle has a lot of missing pieces.
0: <laughs> oh, a lot. <laughs> well, that's a good one. <laughs> but I, you know, but I, I also think that, um, you know, of course, like every every one of us is different. You know, uh, we have differences, and we. Um, Are all unique in our own special ways. And I think that, uh, you know, it's the same thing with spina bifida. Uh, They refer to it as a snowflake uh, disease, Um, you know, snowflake diagnosis because every person is different. Every person who has spina bifida is different. And I think that, um, you know, calling autism, uh, you know, saying that autism spectrum disorder, I think is a really great. a really great thing to, to say and, and and talk about it in that way because it does, you know, a spectrum, you think of it has one end and, and another and, uh, you know, every person who has autism will, you know, fall somewhere along that line on along the spectrum. So, uh, you know, that that's, those are two really good, uh, you know, visualizations to think of it as the, you know, the jigsaw puzzle and, uh, you know, a spectrum. So it's really... You know, the, just to represent the differences that uh, everybody who has, uh, who is diagnosed with autism has, uh, all their differences, I think is a big, um, you know, really, really important thing to, to mention. So thanks. Thanks for that visual, visualization for me, because it, it really, uh, really helped explain it a lot better for me. My pleasure. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so you were diagnosed with spinal stenosis. Is that how you pronounce it? Right? Yep. Uh, Okay. So um, what is, that's something I'm also unfamiliar with, um, you know, and I'm sure some of most of my listeners might be unfamiliar with it as well. Can you uh, explain what spinal stenosis is and how that has uh, impacted your, your life?
1: Okay. Well, I can only explain to you in one way because I'm not a doctor and Mm -hmm. what I've learned uh, and And some of the the, these analogies I got from my own doctor when I had a neck doctor, Mm -hmm. Uh, still looking for a new one, so Uh, work in progress. But uh, basically, it's uh, it's basically this uh, it's the spinal column uh, like resting really close against the spinal cord, and so it's kind of hard to move. and so, for instance, I can't move left and right very easily, or up and down. And mm-hmm. you can also get spinal stenosis different parts of your neck. Where mine is, is at the very top of the neck. So it, it kind of makes hard. It makes it hard to just look left and right, or just stay right looking at whatever you're looking at towards the right and or any position for very long periods of time. And then you're starting to, get, it starts getting blurry over your vision that area because it's just like, stop doing this. <laughs> and there's some nights if I don't sleep at a certain angle, I wake up with a stiffer neck and I know nothing is like extra wrong with the neck because I can still mm-hmm. move and everything. But if I get like bad whiplash or anything, I could become paralyzed uh uh from i think it's from the from head to toe or is it from the neck down Mm -hmm. yeah just yeah it's something i would be paralyzed let's just put it that way i forget which from if it's the full body or is it half of the body but basically Mm -hmm. just paralyzed
0: yeah and it's, it's one of those things that you you know you just have to be very careful like you said you can't um you know, you, you know your limitations, you know what you have to do. Uh, for those who may be listening with, uh, you know, who have never heard of spinal stenosis before or, uh, you know, or autism or spina bifida, I, th- I think it's very, uh, it's very key uh, to mention that we, yeah, everybody, we all have to be sensitive to, to the needs of others and what they, you know, what they may need and what they, what their uh, preferences are not even preferences, but what their uh, what their needs are is. I think that's the easiest way to say it because you know, as you know, as Jimmy, you know what your needs are and and what things you have to do and what you can and can't do. So I think it's very important to uh, for other people to pay attention to us as those who live with these diagnoses and know that we we oftentimes know what. Uh, what is best for us
1: (laughs) yeah definitely and it's like i also know uh, for myself uh, i can't lift uh, heavy weights when i'm
0: working out it's great that you that you mentioned the uh lifting weights because i think for me it's i i use crutches to walk i use a wheelchair for long distances um you know so it's like i'm constantly getting a workout even though uh even though I walk with, uh, I wear braces on my legs, and even though I can walk, when I'm in the house, I oftentimes don't use my, I don't have my braces on, so I still have to crawl. Um, So I'm still using my arms to get around. So my arms never really get a break. So uh, oftentimes I get questions uh, related to working out oh, oh, wow, like, you know, you're pretty muscular. You look, you know, you look pretty strong. Like, do you work out? And I always, I'm always working out because I'm using my crutches. I'm lifting my body with that. I'm uh, crawling and, and supporting my body weight uh, with my arms when I crawl around. I'm using my wheelchair. That's a workout that, you know, gets the cardio going, my heart moving. Um, so I, I typically don't, um, I have small weights around the house. Maybe I think they're 10 or 12 pounds or something like that nothing heavy at all that I will, uh, you know, just to keep my range of motion going with my arms, just because I haven't been using my crutches um, or the wheelchair too often because of uh, being in the house so much over the last uh, year, uh, just to keep active a little bit, you know, I will pick up the weights, but as far as going to the gym, uh, I used to back, I mean, it's been years, I'm old now but when I was in high school I would you know I belonged to a gym and I would go for a couple times a week and primarily even then I would go uh to the gym because they had an indoor pool (laughs) so it was great (laughs) it was great in the winter time uh to be able to go uh swim indoors and they had a um a hot tub that I was able to get in and that just helped me with everything uh being able to relax in the hot tub with the jets um yeah, hitting my back. Now I, I wish I had a hot tub. Yeah, I wish I did too. <laughs> I really wish. Where's I my hot tub? Right. <laughs> yeah. So that was, uh, you know, so that was my thing back then. Now I, uh, again, not not this past year, uh, not so much. But I, I haven't um, been doing it as often as I have in years past. But I would go and wheel in my wheelchair for a couple of miles. Uh, just to keep the, uh, the workout going. And I said all of that to say, uh, <laughs> you have created uh, something called the Crazy Fitness Guy brand, uh, yep. which, I, which I thought was really, uh, really cool uh, to see because um, I, I think with what I was trying to say originally there is it's difficult for people with disabilities to figure out uh, fitness and uh, healthy eating habits and all of those kinds of things because of our limitations, because our uh, digestive systems aren't always the greatest as far as uh, processing foods and uh, because of our lack of movement and, and ability to walk and uh, be mobile as other people uh, without a disability might be able to do, uh, it's hard for us to burn calories and could you talk to us a little bit about what the Crazy Fitness Guy brand is?
1: Uh, well, <clears throat> Crazy Fitness Guy is, is long-term short. Just to make a short a long story short, it, it basically deals with everything healthy living. Mm-hmm. I thought of uh, coming up with a website that explores healthy living through my autistic eyes as how I see health and wellness. Um, uh, and that's different from what uh, different from other from different personal uh, instead of like just reading the same websites from different personal trainers or um, just about like anybody else uh, talking about health and wellness or like men's health they they have the same things over and over again they just (laughs) different different variants of it and i'm not saying it's bad content or anything but uh, but there's but uh, but there's not like i feel like my in my opinion and i'm it's gonna be some bias but uh i feel like my website offers a different uh unique perspective on health and wellness.
0: I think you brought up a very good point that there are these health magazines, you know, like Men's Health as an example, but they are geared and, and they somewhat cater to a specific audience, which is the audience without disabilities. And I think um, the, the unique perspective that you do bring to uh, fitness and, and healthy living and wellness is the perspective of someone who, um, you know, who has, who has autism and, and spinal stenosis. So I think that it really, um, bringing that perspective is there, there are topics that are not talked about in these, you know, health magazines and even the programs that, that are, uh, offered, uh, through, you know, what's the big bike called now? Pel- Pel- the Peloton bikes. Yeah. Uh, you know, like that would be great if, Peloton could come out with a hand cycle version of it where you know people who, who are paralyzed or people like myself who have limited movement uh, I in think, their legs. I think,
1: Beachbody on, I think Beachbody should come up with something like that because they have so many trainers under <laughs> their uh, platform. And it's like, some of should, you shouldn't, know, even if you can't like specifically make a program, make it so that, okay, Test it with somebody who is in a wheelchair or mod- make modifications for people on the wheelchair in a wheelchair Absolutely. or or it doesn't even have to be a wheelchair, just anything, anything. Right. Or, I mean, I, the reason I'm saying anything is because there's so many different uh,
0: challenges out there. And that's so true because you know my experience is mobility, but your experience is different. Um, and I know, like for instance, uh, you know, sensory uh, people who have sensory um, issues where, you know, they can't hear the loud music and uh, you know the flashing lights and things like that. So to come up with something that's a sensory-friendly version of, you know, the workouts where it's you know maybe a little a little more calm. That's what I really I truly feel like these these great platforms like. I know people that have bought the, the Peloton bikes uh, you know, in the last year and, and they're great workouts for people. And it's like, yeah, I would love that kind of uh, workout at home where I don't have to leave my house but I can't pedal a bike. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's really important to have this, this conversation specifically because uh, there, there are some changes that could be made and there are adaptations that could be made and they're most likely easy fixes. And um, I, I think they're missing out on a large audience that could definitely benefit from, especially uh, from
1: because these. they, especially they have the money to do it too. Right,
0: exactly. Where where
1: you and me, where we have money, but we don't have that kind of money. Right. We don't yes. have just money. Hey, you know, we're gonna fix this no matter how much uh, money it costs. Where we well crap we only have so much money to blow
0: (sighs) right yeah and it's really it's it's those types of conversations i believe that really and truly need to be had um to start making these changes because even i remember it was probably uh might be going on three years or so soon i um i i went to a gym and a friend of mine referred me to a gym and said, you know, it's a great gym. It has an indoor pool, which is, again, that's like my number one feature. If you have an indoor pool, I'm all about it because uh, <laughs> I don't mind the lifting weights and doing the cardio stuff, but I love swimming and it uh, will always be one of my favorite things. So if, if a gym or a fitness facility has an indoor pool, I'm, I'm in. But one of the things that that struck me, I, I went to this gym and I um I I just went to check it out to see what it looked like and to see what equipment they had, to see if there were, um, you know, different pieces of equipment that I could actually use either from my wheelchair or, uh, being able to transfer from my wheelchair or my, you know, being able to sit and, and not fall off of, of the equipment. And I'll, I'll never forget it. There was a personal trainer there who saw me talking to, um, the the person from the front desk who was walking me around giving me a tour of the facility the personal trainer looks at me in my wheelchair and he says hey are you signing up today and i said well I, I don't know i was i was thinking about it he goes i think you are and i think you want me to be your personal trainer and i said i think you're right and i signed up that day because i had never had someone approach me in that way that was just that wasn't afraid of my disability. I've been to gyms before. I've worked with personal trainers who have looked at me and said, um, we have to reschedule because I, I wasn't prepared for you to be in a wheelchair. I don't know what workout that I can have you do. Uh, and this guy, he didn't know my, uh, he didn't know my condition. He didn't know what my limitations were at that time. He just he saw me and was just like, yeah, you should sign up today and, and have me be your, your personal trainer. I love that because, again, he didn't see he didn't see my disability as being a problem. And he again, he didn't know what what I was able to do, what I wasn't able to do. But he was up for the challenge right away, which was something that never happened to me before. And I, I worked out there probably about a year. I think I was going to maybe two or three times a week. And it was like, so cool. He had me doing everything from uh, the, you know, free weights, um, lifting weights. He had me dropping medicine balls and, um, you know, throwing the ball against the wall, the medicine balls against the wall and um, using resistance bands and which the resistance bands are, are, oh gosh, like they just Worked the tiniest little muscles that I never knew I had everywhere, like in my wrist, and just just like wait, what? Well, hurts the reason there? why this work is that you can't cheat, right? Yes, because it was like, why? Like, why does that hurt? I didn't know there was anything there. Like, I thought it was an empty space there in my wrist. I didn't know there were these, you know, these muscles. That's that, a sad and, wrist. Yeah, and it. So he, you know, he really just. And by the time I, I, you know, signed up for my first session with him he had a whole, you know, hour, hour and 15 minute workout for me that, um, you know, that I did. And he just, and he kept me moving for that, you know, that whole time and every time I met with him. So I think that, again, going back to what we were saying about, um, you know, these fitness programs and magazines that, uh, you know, seem to be geared toward those who don't have uh, disabilities. I think it's, they should be, you know, challenged and, uh, I, I guess, uh, yeah, challenged is a good word. They should be challenged to come up with creative ways to incorporate workouts and fitness and nutrition programs for, uh, those who have specific disabilities, whether they are, uh, you know, visible disabilities or invisible disabilities. I think it's, um, yes, Beachbody needs to do it. The Peloton people need to do it. And, and, you know, the, the, small uh planet fitness all all these gyms that exist that you see the commercials for all the time uh, you know I, i've mentioned it before on uh on a lot of podcast episodes that i've recorded uh you know we've done a lot better with seeing a more diverse crowd in in relation to race and gender so you see more males and females in tv and commercials and movies and uh All of that, and you see more African Americans and Asians and Caucasians. So the diversity in those two ways have been uh, making great strides, and and they've done better with uh, diversifying, uh, you know, TV and commercials and things like that in those ways. But you still see a lack of people with disabilities and, uh, you know, just different different types of of differences in general besides uh, race and gender. So I, I think they all need to be called, you know, call to the table and just uh, incorporate something that uh, where people with disabilities, again, whether they're visible or invisible, uh, you know, where they can be included, where, where our community can be included in, uh, you know, this whole wellness uh, trend. And and to, to wrap up the uh, conversation here, and as I do on all of my podcasts, I end with the same question uh, because everybody's answers are um, so great and so different all at the same time. Um, So I would just like to ask, um, what is it that you would want the world to know about those who live with disabilities?
1: Um, I would say don't think of it as a disability uh even though the governor class the government classifies it as a disability uh just think of it as i i saw this one uh, great uh it was a it was an article or it was a, an image on social media and think of it as a different ability not just a a disability it's just negative and it's like okay I'm autistic. I learn mm-hmm. differently. Who cares? I was like, I'm. I, I, I was like, I, I know there's more people out there who have severe autism than I do. Mm-hmm. I, I totally get it, but we just need to find the right tools that works for us. I, I was like, I'm going to give you the a quick example. I found, I read this article like two years ago, let's just say, I don't remember the exact uh, day, but there was this article I read where there was, there was these, uh, Google created these uh, glasses called Google Glasses. Mm-hmm. And um, there was, like, they're totally they, they are totally expensive and they're basically like the price of an iPhone. And I mean, like one of the brand new iPhones and that, uh, not not their older models but the, right the brand new <laughs> model which is totally ridiculous but anyway i digress there's uh but uh google one was really buying them and they didn't know why so they were going to just throw it in the google graveyard and yet google does have a graveyard for all their services that they get rid of mm-hmm. and uh and so one of the things uh Uh, What I liked about this article is that uh, I think one of the universities, I believe Harvard or one of them, they did a research study and they took five people on the, a few people on the autism spectrum uh, to use one of these pair of glasses around their family members to see if they can pick up more on social cues. Well, after about, I think they did it for a month maybe and they uh found out that, that the, uh that these glass, uh, google made these glasses um and it helps uh people on the autism autism spectrum to learn uh if somebody is angry or upset or 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 feeling whatever feeling or happy mm-hmm. um and and so they showed that the study uh worked and that Google made something uh for that they didn't even they, they made something useful uh for people on the in spectrum to learn social to figure out social cues. And when I saw that and was like, okay where was this technology when I was growing up with autism? Because I would love to have a right. cheat sheet like that. And yeah. I still sometimes have tr- trouble with that, but not always. But I-, I was like, man, I was like, is this person feeling angry or pissed off? or, or- <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> And so I feel like we just need uh, companies out there like Apple, Google, Microsoft, every big tech company out there and I'm not saying like, oh, this is your main focus, but if you come, if you come up with a new product, try to integrate um, with people who are on the autism spectrum or any different uh, different ability out there to gear for that product because it is another market. Think of it as for them, I would th- say to them, think of it as another stream of revenue. As like, so you're focusing on, I don't know, four markets right now. Well, putting them a fifth one, it's not going right. to hurt your revenue. And it's like,
0: it's only going to increase your revenue. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, I think
0: it's really, I think it's very important that, um, you know, again, it's it's like you said, it's another market of people that that they're absolutely missing out on, um, that would love to buy more of their products if they were more accessible and inclusive for those of, you know, for those of us who need you know special uh, special adaptations for you know, for for products like for technology products like that. That's great. I didn't know about the. Uh, you said there were Google Glasses that they had. Yeah. It's really cool. And you
1: probably can (laughs) even find the Google. You probably can even find the survey by googling it. It is uh like I forgot to save it like years ago, but it was, it was a good uh, article though. And and uh, Google actually kept the glasses alive, and I threw them into their uh into their uh, uh. their graveyard. graveyard. <laughs> I was like, yeah. good, another thing less, not added to their graveyard. I wonder what's next.
0: Yeah. I, I, I really think that your answer is, you know, really great because like you said, you, you have autism, you learn differently, you know, what's, what's the big deal? No big deal. It's um, you know, it's just the way it is. And I think if, if everyone had a better understanding. And that's why I love to share stories of people who live with a certain diagnosis like autism and myself with spina bifida, just because I think they're, although you hear about the, um, you know, the big stories that might make the news, uh, there's still a lot of, uh, there's still a lot of people who don't know about particular disabilities unless if they are impacted uh, by them uh, through someone in their personal life who has, uh, you know, who has autism. They may not know about it, uh, what it means and, and how it impacts people differently. So I, I think if it became more of a, a well-known and, and more general topic of conversation through, uh, like you mentioned, technology companies like Apple and, uh, you know, Google and Microsoft and all the others, I think it would I think if it became more common to talk about these things through uh, big big companies and corporations, I, I think it may make it a lot easier for the general public to understand uh, what these diagnoses mean and and what um, you know how how everybody can play a part in being more inclusive of uh, those impacted by these diagnoses. So thanks for that. Yeah, it's really. Um, it, I think that's the. I think that's a big issue as well. The lack of, uh, you touched on it earlier, the lack of, of resources that people with disabilities often have, um, you know, the lack of money that, that we have uh, sometimes prevent us from experiencing things that are uh, beneficial to us. Um, you know, we talked about it earlier, a gym membership. Gym memberships are, can be really expensive depending on the. Yeah, you know, that that can cost a lot of money for anybody, uh, but for people who have disabilities who are often on fixed incomes with receiving their uh, disability checks, like it's you know, do you want to spend that money? Yes, it's to benefit your your health and and um, to benefit uh, you know working out the the benefit of of working out and all of that, but. It's like we have to be very careful with how we spend our money because you know we get the check you know once a month, so it's uh, <laughs> you know it can be very difficult to um, to really uh, I think it can be very difficult to make that decision to say like okay I'm going to put my money into this uh, this health and fitness uh, program so um, yeah I, I think the lack of having uh, technology and and things available to us is a, a big, um, you know, big thing that that we uh, would benefit more from if if things were made more uh, readily available to us and also affordable to us and our um, our budgets. But um, you know, that's not
1: three thousand dollar price range,
0: right? That's another yeah, that's another topic for another day, but. <laughs> it's, uh, We need a part two on this. Yes. Yes, we definitely will. And I really, um, I really think we should, because, uh, it it does, there, there are things that need to be changed with, um, you know, within the, the fitness and wellness world, uh, you know, the big thing recently, you heard a lot of, um, uh, the gluten-free, you know, gluten-free, uh, diets and, and things like that, because there are a lot of people who have gluten allergies or gluten sensitivities. And, uh, you know, there, there are other issues out there where people uh, can't eat certain foods or, uh, be- for whatever reason it may be. And I, I think that needs to be, uh, part of the discussion as well. Like with my body system, I can't eat certain foods and I can't drink, uh, you know, too much water or eat too many fruits and vegetables. So it's like, yeah, you want to eat healthy and and do all of that, but my body just does not respond well to that. So (laughs) unfortunately, it's easier to eat the chicken fingers and the fries sometimes or the burger sometimes. Uh you know, and that's not not that I do it every day. I do thankfully know how to cook and I cook a lot at home. Um but it's it's just that those, those types of discussions need to be had. And I think that uh, that's, it's important that you and I are having this conversation. And hopefully that, um, you know, when this episode is out, that hopefully there are some people who hear this that agree with us. And uh, like you said, hire you to talk about it and have us on some panels or some creative boards or something like that to uh, come up with some better options that are more inclusive of, yeah, a wider range of people, um, you know, within the, within the, the world to, uh, that can benefit from their programs, their services, their equipment and, and all of that. So I think this is uh, definitely just the beginning of a great, you know, part two and three and however many parts we need to create um, until we get to, until we get to the top and get these people in the room and can really uh, start making changes, because I I enjoy the working out. It's you know it's fun and and uh, it, it's great to to be able to work out and move as much as I'm able to move and uh, but to have something available to me from uh, one of these big companies that are you know that have been really benefiting from. Uh, sales over the last year, especially. I think uh, that would be great. That would be really great to have. So thank you. um, Thank you for joining me on this episode. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time. And before we wrap up, can you just uh, let people know where they can find you on social media, your website, Instagram, and all of the, all of the places.
1: Uh, well, that would be an understatement because I'm like pretty much everywhere. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the best place you can learn more about me is go to crazyfitnessguy.com. Crazy Fitness Guy, you can pretty much find on every single platform uh, for uh, podcasting and everything. Uh, oh, and I just wanted to... Uh, and, uh, if you can, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on, uh, Facebook and Instagram at jimmy.claire.speaker and you can follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Speak. And, uh, if you, uh, and also, uh, just real quick, uh, notice that, uh, uh, crazy fitness guy, uh, podcast is uh, also has its own, uh, live streaming, uh, that will be coming soon uh, to YouTube and Twitch. So make sure you subscribe.
0: But uh, Jimmy, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. And I will, um, I'll definitely stay in touch because as I did say, I, and I'm honest about this, I really want to uh, continue this conversation with some other uh, you know, fitness and wellness and health and health and wellness, uh, people to, you know, to really discuss how, um, how we can start making changes in the, uh, fitness world to make these, uh, magazines and publications and other, uh, big time companies to, uh, you know, be, make them more aware of, uh, the disabled community and that we do exist, that we're out here and we would love to, uh, you know, be a part of their, their programs and, and their, their fitness journeys as well. Like we, we have fitness journeys to share of our own. So um, thank you again. And I will um, be in touch with you soon.
1: (laughs) Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, you're welcome. Uh, Have a great day. You too. All right. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of the hour view podcast. Leave us a review wherever you listen and let us know what you liked about this episode. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and be sure to follow us on all social media platforms for more disability-related content at Our View for Life. That's O-U-R-V-I-E-W, the number four, L-I-F-E. If you listen to this episode on your phone, take a screenshot and post it to your Instagram or Facebook stories and be sure to tag us. We thank you for listening and take care.